this is what we have received he said and as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God I started sharing some thoughts with you on Wednesday and I think I'll just recap for a few minutes because I know several of you might not have been here I said to you that without the Holy Spirit Christianity is a religion without the Holy Spirit there is no difference between the Old Testament and the New without the Holy Spirit the Christian's life would be a life of struggle trying to please God that is religion something that men came up with to try to please God and that search has been unending the scriptures tell us that the word of God when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 that the word of God is a mirror it is only a mirror by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us if the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in you the word of God to you will be a book of commandments and statutes and precepts and so on and that never changed anybody they had the commandments given to them by God himself in the Old Testament but not long after the commandments were given they were back into sin and so those who haven't gotten this that Christianity is not a religion find themselves struggling to be what God said why because they don't yet understand they're trying to come you know live the Old Testament life in the New Testament day so they take the commandments and they're thinking they are to live the commandments they're to live the law of God no if all of that was good there would have been no need for Jesus Jesus changes everything once Jesus came into the picture everything changed you see Jesus is the consummate man meaning he's the complete perfect man he did everything that we were to do that we could not have done so he was the only one who could live the law fulfill the law without blemish the Bible says he was without sin who was he doing all of that that was God in a man working on our behalf so where we couldn't go he went what we couldn't do he did so that I live on his account this is what Christianity is is to live on the account of God he said Abraham believed in God who is able to justify the ungodly how can God justify the ungodly because he paid the full penalty now so you have those who have come into Christ and maybe are just starting and they find themselves wanting to be what the word of God has said what they read in the word is beautiful to them they see that they have overcome sin in the scripture but they don't find that to be the experience 
And so then they wonder, is this thing real? And then life has become a struggle because now they see what is good in the scripture but not the ability to do it. So you have Christians with different addictions, addicted to this and addicted to that. And He's smoking, he can't stop. He's wandering. But I thought when I become a Christian, all of this will stop. He's a young guy into pornography. He can't stop and he's wondering what's happening. I thought I was a Christian. So now it stops him from preaching the gospel because he feels he's a hypocrite. This is where the enemy wants you. This is where Satan wants God's people. Back in the Old Testament. But thanks be unto God. You know, Paul said something in Romans chapter 7. He is having a discourse. You know, he's communicating. And sometimes people think Paul is talking about himself. But he's not talking about himself. He's talking about him, Paul, who was under the law, using that Paul as the example. He said that one who was under the law found it that he had it in him, the thought that was good, but the inability to carry it out. And so there was this inner conflict, constantly wanting to good, do good, but the wherewithal was not there. But then he says something. He said, who would deliver me from this body of sin? He doesn't end there. He said, but thanks be unto God. That means something has happened. It doesn't have to be like that anymore. And then immediately he goes into Romans chapter 8. Then he says, there is therefore now no condemnation. To those that are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Listen, he took your condemnation. He went to hell. So you don't have to go to hell. Are you getting me? There is no reason you have to go to hell anymore. Not because you have become good. Because by virtue of his righteousness, you have become righteous. So now you are standing in his stead. What a glorious thing. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not another religion. He has rescued us from dead works. He has rescued me from hard work. Now he has taken my place. When you come into Christ, what happens is he comes into you. He comes into you for a purpose. And he comes into you by his spirit. The spirit of God is called in the New Testament the spirit of Christ. Because Christ and God are one. So when, he, when, he, when you receive Christ... He comes to live in you. For what purpose? Christ is Lord. Say that to your neighbor. No, he didn't come and live in you. Just there. No, he came to lord it over everything. Okay, don't worry. He came to have dominion. I am living in his dominion. Are you getting this? So, what cannot... What cannot overcome Christ cannot overcome you. Because it is his dominion, his conquests, his victory that you are living with. That is why he could send us out and say, cast out devils. Lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Raise the dead. How can you raise the dead? You've got to have God in you. 
And that is what we have received. Christ in me. Say Christ is in me. So now when I move, he's moving. When I talk, he's talking. Are you getting what I'm saying? Until you come to this realization of the advantage that you have. All right. John chapter 16 and verse 7. Give to me in the King James Version, please. Do we have it on the screen? Can you read it with me? One to go. All right, now give it to me in the New King James Version. And let's read it. One to go. Isn't that something glorious? He said, I've got to exit so that your advantage will come. He said, it's advantageous for you that I go. Because if I don't go, the one who's called the helper, oh gosh. He didn't say a helper. He said the helper. When you have him, you don't need any help. Because the help, definite article, the help has come. So there's no more struggle. I have a helper. I have the helper. So there's no struggle with sin. Do you get this? There's no struggle to do. Mm -mm. That ended when I received Christ. This is what Christians have to get to know. In Christ, you don't listen to the word of God and try to obey. You are not called to obey. The righteous does not obey. He lives. Oh, I don't know if you got me. It is the lawless one who must obey. <laughs> okay. Why are there laws in any nation? Because there are some bad guys. If we were all good, I know you all are saying, yes, Pastor, if we were all good. <laughs> Since you are in church, we know you are good. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> if we were all good, would we need any laws? Yeah, that's what the Bible said. The righteous needs no law. Glory to God. He, so he has given us his life that we live above the systems of this world. Completely. He said, if I don't go, the helper will not come. The helper has come. That means we have the advantage. It's not like the old. Or else he would not have come. So I'm not trying to obey the law. What a struggle that would be. Remember that they were, the Jews tried all their lives to obey the law. But they could not. Why would you now also begin to try to obey a law? No. In Christianity, there's a principle. When they were in the desert, because of their disobedience, snakes were sent amongst them serpents and the serpents began 
to bite them. And people were dying by the numbers. Then God gave a very weird instruction to the man of God, Moses. He said, I want you to make a brazen serpent. Interestingly, that word is seraphim. Maybe I'll tell you about it another time. You know what seraphim are? Yes, yes. All right. But he told him to put a brazen serpent. All right. Something molded out of metal. To put it on a stick, on a pole, and lift it up, put it on an elevation. And then he said, Whoever looks at it will live. But you see, everything in the old book was representative of Christ. So if that was said, it wasn't about them there. It was about what was coming. Christ. Christ is coming. And there's a difference. They didn't have to apply a bound. They only had to what? Look. And as they looked, something happened to them. What does that signify? Why a serpent? A serpent has never been anything good in the Bible. Are you getting me? So why a serpent? What was killing them? Are you getting what I'm saying? The thing was biting them and destroying their lives, killing them. Then God said, that thing that is biting them, put it on a pole, let them look at it. As they look, they will live. You see, sin was the problem that was killing. So the serpent was significant because, the, you know, sin is the sting of death. Are you getting me? That's why Paul put that construction. So sin was killing them. Then he made a sin offering. Are you getting me? Then he said anyone who will believe in him so means looking was significant of believing. He said anyone who will look upon him. So Jesus being raised on the cross was that serpent being raised on the cross. Yeah, everyone, Jesus was a serpent. Yes, remember he was sin. He was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Are you getting me? So, in the New Testament, what a man is to do to change his life is not to try. It's not to try hard. He's to look. When you get in, the only way to finish the race is still. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1. Okay, say to your neighbor, I'm learning something. Are you? Or did I just force you to say that? <laughs> All right. I'm going to read it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Look, he said the sin that does so lay it aside. Now, how can he just say that? 
For someone who's been struggling with one addiction, he's saying laid aside. Like how you'd, you're holding something and just say, to someone who is in that bondage, he's thinking, if I could have laid it aside, wouldn't I have done it all this time? But he tells you how. That's what I love about the word of God is practicable. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How? Read it. So how, how, how? Again, by looking. By looking. How is that possible? That just by looking. You see, you become what you behold. So when he says, look, it's not... When he says, look unto Jesus... How will you look unto Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? How would you really look? Where is Jesus? Where is he? How will you get him to look? So it's beyond this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him. And without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. When you read further down, he said, And that word became flesh. And it dwelt amongst men. And we beheld his glory. His glory, the glory as of the only begotten, full of truth and grace. This is what we have received. He said, and as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He said, these are they which were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. He said, but of God. We were born of God. We are not born of men. We have become something. All right, just speak in tongue. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Take a hold of the words that have come. You begin to say, I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm in Christ. I have become a new creature. All things have passed away. I have dominion over sin. I have dominion over sin. So, because I promised you, just to give you a little bit to work on, if you are in that position where you feel you're struggling with one habit or the other, this is the principle in the gospel that makes the difference. You don't have to try to do anything. You don't have to try to be good. He has made you good. Now all you've got to do, behold him behold what he has said about you behold hold that picture and don't let it go how when you read in James he says there is a forgetful hearer and there is one who does not forget the one who forgot saw the goodness of God in the mirror 
but he went his own way and forgot. But the other one, the Bible says, he continues therein. He doesn't forget. Ah, do you know what it means to continue? He said, do not let it depart from your mouth. That is how to continue. Joshua 1 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart. That means you will continue. Okay. You, 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 you just heard this message. Then you felt this feeling again coming. You say, I know who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You keep the word. You hold the word. You don't let it go. You keep saying it. You don't stop talking it. You keep it. You keep it. Because when you are doing that, oh, what is happening is this. In Christ, you see. Then you see. Then you experience. What he has said is what you must see. And when you say what he said, you will have the experience that he said you will have. Because this is the principle of salvation. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. and But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That means you believe, yes. But if you're going to experience it, you're going to have to talk it. From where you are, begin to talk. You say, but pastor, that's, I'm doing something wrong. I said, talk it anyway. Because that's the only thing. How much sin could hold you back from becoming a Christian in the first place? Paul was a killer. It didn't hold. Sin was not stronger than the blood to hold him back. As soon as he said, I believe. I declare Paul who was a killer moved from where he was to become another man what God always wanted him to be as you see as you behold as you declare you will become you will become go ahead and thank God for his word